There's nothing quite as comforting as gathering around with mom friends and sharing stories. Stories have a way of making us feel better, and they're great reminders that no family is perfect. And that's okay. So join us as we share some stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. I'm Abby, and I'm with Chloe and Megan and Susan, and hopefully no one from PETA is listening this week because um, I'm telling the story this week, and it's called My Kids, the Fish Killers. And this just happened. So um, we had some family in town, and my kids were, you know, hanging out, you know, doing the chit chat with my aunt and uncle, and then they disappeared. And they were quiet for a little too long, I think. Um, And, you know, that usually means something Something's going on. Something's afoot. And my husband walked back to their room and I heard him say, why is the floor all wet? And I thought, okay. So then we go in and I see him with a towel on the floor, cleaning up water on the floor. And he's like, the fish is dying. (laughs) And that's that's the point where I walk in. And I see them fishing a crayon out of the fish tank. And I'm like, what is going on? Are you saying crayon like... Are you going to crack the way I'm I say sorry. crayon? Just, oh my goodness. I don't know. What, no, this is a point of contention for I'm me and my sorry. husband. I just didn't know what you were saying. It is crayon. And he's like, you say it wrong. I know. I say crayon. But yes. As long as you don't say crown. No. I say I crown. I said crown. My mom says crane. Like, no. How many, I know. I said that's super wrong. But no. Anyways, it, so. I mean crayon. A, a Crayola crayon. They were, <laughs> they were pulling it out of the fish tank. And... um. And I was like, what did you guys do? And they're like, we were doing an experiment. I said, well, how, why is the fish dead? And and he wasn't quite dead, but he was on the verge of death. And they're like, is this the same child that wanted to microwave their underwear? Um, That's well, it was know. him and his brother. So yes, the same <laughs> oh, curious child. Yes. So again, you're right. They were experimenting. Um, and I said, "You, the fish wouldn't die because you put a crayon in the tank. And they're like, well, I'm like, what else did you put in the water? And they said, a little bit of a glue stick. And I look and I see chunks of Elmer's glue stick in the water. And I was like, you guys, I said, the the fish breathes this water. And that's a chemical that you're putting in there. You can't do that. Um, And I made them, the, the fish was clearly dying. He was going downhill very quickly. We ended up walking him to the toilet. At this point, he was floating. And um. And we flushed him. But as I dropped him in the toilet, he started to swim. Oh, and I gosh. think only because air w- or water was going through his gills. And they're like, he's still alive. I'm like, he's not still alive. Yeah. You killed him. And this is the point where I don't know if I did good parenting or bad parenting. You guys can judge me for it. It's fine. I said, do you... So keep in mind, at the time, this was a few months ago, but at the time my kids were eight and 10. I said, do you guys know what a sociopath is? <laughs> I asked him if they knew the definition of sociopath. Um, and then I started talking about people that kill animals <laughs> and they're like, I said, what's next? Are you going to kill the dog? And they're like, we would never kill the dog. Oh and, you know, and then I, I said, I said, cause if you hurt animals, you can go to, you know, you can get in trouble. You can get arrested. And, um, and they said, are they going to come to our house with a wanted poster? I said, no, <laughs> I said, they'll come to the house with a warrant, not a wanted poster. <laughs> And their eyes are like saucers at this point. And they're like, well, will we go to jail? I said, maybe jail, maybe prison. And then we had to talk about the difference between jail and prison. <laughs> and they asked me if I would come visit them in prison. I said, maybe. So anyway, hour later, 
Um, one of them was definitely crying, I think. <laughs> and the punishment we ended up with was they both owed me $5 to pay for the fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to write an essay, a 200-word essay about how fish breathe because they needed to learn that you can't just put random things in the water. And one of them, one of their essays ended with, oh my gosh, it was so funny. I wish I could remember it. It said something like, I'm sorry that I killed my fish because um, he was my only friend. And I was oh like, my gosh. Nice try, dude. You like, have to keep these in a really safe yeah, spot because this will be great to read when they're older. Yeah, I was like, nice try. Not true, but okay. And the funny, <laughs> the, the best part too is that like a month later, we had re- we recorded something on, um, like one of them has a GoPro and we used it and I pulled the disc, the, the card out to put in my com- husband's computer to edit it and they had recorded themselves <laughs> Putting the stuff in the fish's water. So terrible criminals. Uh, like terrible. You commit a crime. Don't film yourself. Yeah, right. It. And I told them that. I said, you guys. They didn't know they were going to jail. Prison. <laughs> it's time. prison time. Yeah. So anyway, I knew before you think that I like mentally abused my children, they knew I was kind of kidding the whole time. Like there was a laughter about it. But at the same time, I was like, you guys, you are responsible for this animal and and you killed it. And it's not fair it's not right to experiment in that way with a living thing but it got me thinking about like these things that our kids sometimes do that don't come with like a standard discipline you know it's like out of character for them or it's just so random that you don't really know how to handle it um so i want to talk about that today like how do you handle these crazy moments and then in the heat of the moment how do you respond and not just react by, you know, hypothetically calling them sociopaths or whatever. The first thing that comes to mind for me in this one specifically is, you know, Genesis, God's creatures. Okay. This was a creature granted a fish, you know, people don't love their fish as much as they love their dogs, but it still is one of God's creatures. And you guys chose to experiment on something that God created. And so therefore this is a, just a dangerous path to go down. We, we have to take care of creation Um, and so kind of that life lesson of what is life, Mm -hmm. whether it's a beautiful tree or a fish, um, there has to be a respect for creation. Mm -hmm. So I kind of would have gone down that path a little bit. Yeah. And in hindsight, I, (laughs) I would have changed. I I wouldn't have gone scared straight with them in hindsight, (laughs) but, um, I think I could have asked, you know, and maybe I did, I don't remember, but I maybe could have asked, what did you expect was going to happen if you put foreign things in the water what did you think was going to happen? Kind of help them with their critical thinking, yeah. you know? Or, you know, for breakfast, sprinkled a little glue on it. Their cereal. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Susan Merrill uh, yeah. tactic. So did your kids ever do anything that required some creative discipline? Uh, my kids did. And I'm going to share one specific that's going to, you're afraid that you're, you know, somebody's, what did you say? You're going to get in trouble with a uh, PETA. Yeah. PETA. I might get in trouble with um, somebody else for this, but this <laughs> child, limitations probably. Oh is my gosh. Effect. Sorry. I have a baby crying in the background. It's, it's my grandson. It's, it's my mom. mom. This, okay. Yeah, exactly. This is my mom. Um, this child that we adopted when he was nine, and there was a lot in his history of all kinds of things. So we were trying to parent somebody who was really pushing the limit in ways that most of you listeners will never experience because you do not have attachment disorder and just other things going on. So understand this is going to, this is going to sound extreme, but it definitely got the point 
across to him. And I think that's what you have to decide. Mm. I love the consequence calculator on our site because you have to decide in this case, your kids were just experimenting. It was a first time thing. So then you just have to walk through a little bit more process with their brain that, hey, guys, Mm -hmm. this is a living animal. We just don't do that. Um, And here's why they could die. Scary. Yuck. Terrible. Uh, In the case of my son, uh, he when we adopted him again, he had been living in the wilderness of Siberia. He had had no medical or dental care. And he was at the point where half his mouth had cavities. I have a rule with my kit, biological kids. I don't pay for fillings. I never paid for fillings. They did not get fillings because we have toothpaste and toothbrushes. And if they got a filling, it was because of their own neglect. So therefore, wait. yeah. Go huh? So what happens so, if they needed a filling? They never did because they knew they would have to use their saved money to pay for it. Oh, wow. So I would say I gave them, I, when I took them to the dentist, I had the dentist explain to them how much a filling would cost. And I said, so how much do you have saved? And if they ever chose not to brush their teeth, I'd say, okay, you're risking a filling and I don't pay for fillings. I Maybe pay for your dental like visits. Wrench pulling so that's your a teeth consequence out. there. That's a consequence right there. Um, but I just, you know, with five kids, fillings are expensive. So anyway, with my adopted kids, different situation because they didn't have that kind of from the get-go. But my dentist advised me that it would be, I think he said like $3,000 to fill all the cavities mm-hmm. in his teeth. And he said, and here's the ridiculous thing. Most of these are baby teeth that at the age of nine, he's going to lose anyway. So they're not causing any pain, Susan. Let's just wait. And he said, now here's the bad thing. He said, you've got to avoid a lot of sugar. He said, particularly soda. He said, when kids drink soda, it's like you're bathing their Mm -hmm. teeth in sugar. And Mm -hmm. that sugar will get in where these, these cavities already were. And it's going to start to get painful. And then I'm going to have to do a filling or pull the tooth. So um, Grant was going with friend to a lacrosse game. A neighbor had offered to take him to the game and knowing that they'd be there for this kid's older brother's, you know, whole game. I gave him money for the concession stand. And I said to him very clearly, you can get anything you want, but soda. They'll have hamburgers. They'll have pizza. They'll have French fries. You go for it, bud, whatever you want. Bring me the change. No soda. Sure, mom. He was so excited to go because he had started, you know, tinkering with lacrosse and wanted Mm -hmm. to play. So he goes and he comes back and he joyfully hands me the change. And I said, was it fun? Did you like the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you get at the concession stand? Soda. Mm -mm. And I looked at him and said, what did I tell you specifically not to get? Soda. And I said, but you got soda. And he said, "Uh uh-huh. And so again, this is not... First time disobedience. This is not second time disobedience. This is a kid who is intentionally crossing all kinds of boundaries. So I said, okay, what did the dentist say would happen if you drank soda? And he said, I would have to get my cavities filled. And I said, exactly. And that's going to cost a lot of money. You heard how much. And I said, but you decided to get soda anyway. I said, what kind of soda did you get? He got orange. I went to Sam's club and I got a case of orange soda and I said, okay, here's the deal. You want it, you get it. There may be consequences. There may not, but you chose something that potentially could make you really sick. And so you get soda until it's gone. And he goes, is that 24 in a, in a, or 12 in a case, 24 or 12. It was 24. And I said, I said, (laughs) he said, well, I can drink as much as I want. And I pushed the case towards him. I said, have at it. Well, 
over the course of, you know, 24 hours, he had at it and, but he wasn't getting anything else. I said, it's, this is soda. You get soda. I think he got like meals, like dinner, but nothing else, no dessert. No. I mean, it was pretty strict. Well, uh, this was a weekend. Of course he had gone on a Saturday and it was Monday morning and he was down to three and he's complaining by now. He does not want the orange soda, but he's hungry for other things. And I said, you don't get other things unless you get, you drink the soda. So it was Monday morning and I was writing a note so I could pack soda in his lunch because they weren't allowed to have soda at school. And he said, I'm not taking that soda to school. I said, well, then drink it now. I don't want soda for breakfast. I said, well, you got two cans left, bud. How about it? <laughs> He drank that soda and he, of course, threw up because by this time his body was sick of the soda. And I said, well, good news is so far your teeth don't hurt, but that soda is not good for you. And you need to trust that I know what's good for you. Mm -hmm. And that, and that really was the parenting problem in this case. I had an adopted child who did not trust adults. Um, But the point is he never drank orange soda again. And (laughs) he learned, he learned to watch his teeth and he never had to have Billings, and he listened to me on that. So wow. it was a very creative, tough consequence for him. Yeah. That I don't recommend. I'm not recommending this. <laughs> it was a point I had to make. Susan, right. did you instantly think of that or did you mm-hmm. ponder that? Um, I instantly thought of it because I think sometimes kids have to experience their bad choices. In this case, he was clearly sending a message to me. I don't care what you think. You don't know what's right for me. And that was something we were getting a lot from him. So this is mm. part of a bigger battle yeah. in him learning to trust that I had his best interest at heart and um, and that these things could make you sick. And uh, so it was, it was an easy thing for me because I knew it wasn't going to kill him. I yeah. knew I was going to win this point. Yeah. He Close was going to be sick by the time he finished. I didn't get six. I got a case. <laughs> Did you ever, Chloe, did you ever get in trouble for something that was out of character? Um, yes. I I was a really, for the most part, an obedient child. And I, for whatever reason, I was in the fifth grade and I don't know what got into me, but my parents had this armoire. Am I saying that right? Armoire. Armoire? Is it little, a little, little, like a soft R, I think. Armoire? I mean, if you're going to correct me on crayon. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dabby on that one, Chloe. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Armoire. Anyways, they had a piece of furniture sure, sure. in their garage that they weren't using, but I did not know the value of it. And I don't know why I did this, but I took a can of spray paint and just went to town on that thing and spray painted it. Was it like a family piece? I don't, you know what? I don't know. And I'm, I'm curious. I need to ask my parents. Um, I don't know why I did it. And they obviously found out and they were like, why did you do this? Like, what was the point of that? And I didn't know. I just, I, I was just curious. Maybe like your boys were about the fish. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and they were very upset. And I don't really remember what my punishment was. Like, I know it was on some sort of restriction, but I will say they just were really confused and perplexed and just kind of wanted to talk to me about it because they just wanted to understand the why. And I was like, I don't have a why. Mm-hmm. Just just wanted to. And I think that's one of the interesting, like, kids think that parents always are in control and know what they're doing, but there are occasions where our kids misbehave or make choices and we're like, Ugh, I wasn't really prepared for this. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, what the right response is. Yeah. So what case. do you do in that situation where you just don't know what to do? Yeah. And how do you respond and not just react? Because sometimes your reaction might just be, might just be anger. 
Do you? I like the printable. We have that that think about it printable because mm. it gives you time. It gives them time. Yeah, like you know that you you just say okay. You know what? I I'm still thinking about what you just did here, and I'm surprised that you did this. I don't know what I think about it yet. So you need to go to your room. And there's a, a question that says, well, like, why did I do this? How did I, because that kind of reveals some of their heart when yeah, they write yeah. it out, you know, um, well, <laughs> why would I, how would I do it differently next time? And then you can read it and go, well, either we really have a premeditated problem here, or we have an impulse problem. And those are really different. And that's why I like that consequence calculator, because if it's impulse, it's usually a different consequence to me than if it was premeditated. Sure. Yeah. And while you go to the to imom.com and print the think about it printable, you have time to cool down and yeah. not like overreact to them. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. the, the questions on here, I just pulled it up real quick, Susan. Um, what did I do wrong? And then the next one is, why was it wrong? Why did I get angry? Next time I will. And what consequences should I receive? I wonder what they would come up with. Yeah. I love also natural consequences, but the problem is it takes great patience. Like for example, one time we were going to the zoo and I had a, I, one of my girls loves to dress up, you know, and she wanted to wear these Ruby red slippers that we had from some Dorothy, you know, wizard of Oz costume. And she was obsessed with them. But of course, you know, you're going to be walking around for half a day. Mm -hmm. No, we're wearing tennis shoes. And I had told her multiple times. And finally I just said, you know what? Look at me. You're going to have blisters. I'm just telling you, you're going to, your feet are going to hurt, but if you want to wear them, wear them. Well, sure enough, her feet were killing her and I just made her keep walking and she's wailing. And I knew that would happen. I knew it would make me miserable, but the lesson was learned because at some point you want your child to trust you more than their desire to do what they want. Mm. Um, And it's really some kids you've got to let them experience that. Oh yeah. Mom did know what was right. I better listen or I'm going to be in pain. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the thought process is that a mom goes through when you're trying to decide if you're disciplining wisely? Like, do you, how do you know if you're going to wait on the natural consequence or if you're going to try to come up with a creative one? And especially when maybe you don't have hours or days. Mm. Right. Again, how strong-willed is your child? But mm-hmm. I would always pray and I would say, okay, Lord, do I really need to take time out of my busy schedule to force this natural consequence? Like in that case, I knew those shoes were getting too small for her. I knew it was going to mm-hmm. end badly and I wanted her to learn that. You can't just become so focused on what you're going to wear that you put it ahead of your own comfort. Mm. The earlier kids learn those kind of things, the better. If you wait till they're older then the risk is too high for the natural consequence. You can't risk them, you know, doing some of these things because it's they're driving or dating right, or other yeah, things. Right. So you have to push it. So I loved, I loved it when I saw that the natural consequence was going to end up in my favor. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew pretty much it was going to, I, I probably, if I could think of a good example, probably forced natural consequences sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, but I would imagine like the discipline opportunities, whether it's a natural consequence or whether it's something that um, is decided on by the parent, it builds that trust over time. So when they are, you know, making riskier decisions like texting and driving or something like that, it's they can trust that, you you know, my mom told me not to do this because my mom's right when she tells me not to do things, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
It's about I trust. have to say yeah. on the consequence calculator, the one thing I love is that as your child ages and you go through that, there's a kind of equation to it, but it's like, okay, is this the first time you did it? Yes. No. If it's no, this is the second time. Okay. Well, what was the consequence the first time? Well, it was kind of minimal because it was kind of seen the child young, let's say running with the scissors. I've told you not to run with the scissors. You ran with the scissors. Okay. So we're just going to put the scissors away for a week or something. Uh, but the second time they run with the scissors, okay, this is serious because this is, this caused physical harm. Like you could mm. fall on someone, you could fall on your cell, blah, blah, blah. So then the consequence needs to get tougher. It's not just taking the scissors away. It's got to be something more, you know, restrictive to them. And that's why I like, like thinking through, is this the third time? So sometimes you have that child, unlike my son, who is being really kind of belligerent in my face about the soda, Mm -hmm. you have the child who literally just doesn't think enough. They don't stop and think that was kind of your sense with the fish. They didn't stop and think, oh, the fish could die. I just need to learn to think before I do things. So the consequences have to change. And yeah. um, if they're doing it three, four times in a row and they're still not getting it, you have to scale the consequence. Mm-hmm. I met a kid once. It was on actually Megan's swim team. He was 16, I think. He was like a tall, six feet already. He's a great swimmer. And I was talking to him and he had a rubber band around his wrist and he was popping his wrist. And I said to him, I said, Matt, doesn't that hurt? He goes, yeah, but that's why I wear it. I said, what do you mean? And he said, I have a very impulsive tongue and my grandfather taught me this trick. Whenever I'm frustrated and I want to lash out, I pop myself on the wrist and it reminds me hmm. that my tongue actually causes other people pain. Wow. That's wise for a 16 year old. I know. I know. And he still was wearing it, but that's, he knew that his, his words, he, he didn't have good control over them. And this was, now it sounds awful that he's popping his wrist, but that's pretty harmless for a 16 year old to pop sure. himself on the wrist. Sure. So it's a great tool. Yeah. yeah. So it, one of the, I think a really great article that we have on imom.com is the questions to ask to know if you are using effective discipline. You know, if the discipline style you have chosen, is it effective? Um, and I'm not going to read all eight, but you can find the link in our show notes. But one of them is, does it teach my child what they need to do differently? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was going for with making them write the essay. I wanted them to learn. Not that I thought that they were going to kill another fish, but it's a- about understanding that your decisions have consequences. Um, and so like understanding this is how this works. This is how um, this is that my parents have this armoire and and it's a family piece of furniture and I shouldn't do this. It's really about being more thoughtful about what you're doing. Um, so I think that that's what I was going for with the, the essay. Another question is, does the behavior change? Because if you keep using the same technique and mm-hmm. it doesn't change anything, then obviously... It is not effective. That is the definition of effective. And I think this one's really special too, is does the discipline create a connection Mm -hmm. or disconnection between my child and myself? I think those questions prove that you came up with a great consequence for your kids because the essay helps (laughs) them understand why they can't put stuff in the fish's water. And it did create the connection because you guys had a laugh about them going to prison. I think they were laughing. I'm not sure. I mean, I told them I would bake them a cake on their birthday and bring it to them. <laughs> oh, nice. In prison, for sure. I do think it's important, though, that you, you like you talk to them. I think when parents react like frustrated or anger, it 
it hurts the process of Mm -hmm. the discussion and that the consequence is a learning experience instead of a punishment. You want the consequence to be a learning experience. Right. Mm. And I, I do think one of the questions on here, I think that I messed up on is, did I separate who my child is from what my child did? And I mean, I was kind of, I think I was laughing about it, but the, honestly, the first thought that I had was, if your child kills an animal, that's a sign of them being a serial killer one day. And so I was like, do you know what a sociopath is? So they maybe <laughs> walked away from the experience going, Am I a sociopath? <laughs> um, so I probably messed up on that one, but I think I probably, I hope I repaired the um, the relationship by the end of it. But in all seriousness, you want your child to know that just because they made a bad choice, that they are not a bad child. They are not bad. The decision that they made was bad. So separating those two. Try to look at it as like uh, an experiment with your kids. If you see what they do and you think, well, this is interesting. Hmm. Where was their brain? How do I change their brain? Instead of like you said, you know, thinking, oh, what is my child doing? Mm-hmm. What's going to fear? That fear comes in and you think, what, it, wh- where, where is this coming from? I think it's a little easier, almost as if a teacher would objectively look at a child. Oh, we have to modify their behavior in the classroom. Mm. How do we do this? Right. Be objective and don't be rattled by it and don't take it personally as a mom. Every child is different and well, they behave differently. Yeah. And again, it goes back to responding and not reacting. So you're responding right. because you're taking a moment to observe. You're trying to exercise patience, pondering your child and their personality, and then responding to all that information you've gathered through all One that. One other thing I always love is I always think, okay, Lord, thank you for showing me this. So as a mom, be grateful that you're catching these little things. Um, in your case, your kid's curiosity. Okay. How can I just control that curiosity mm. so it's safe? Uh, well, and, and know that they're curious. And so what can we do right. together as an microwave activity? Underwear. We can microwave our underwear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. a safe place for this all yeah. to happen. Yeah. And even you said as an example, hey, remember when you came to me and said, can can I microwave my underwear? And I said, yeah, let's try it. I wish you had come to me and said, mm. can I feed my fish glue? Because I could have saved the fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, Honestly, no, I wasn't sad to see the fish go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and my little one's like, the room's a lot more quiet now without the motor. I'm like, mm. Okay, well, too soon, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So have you ever tried some form of discipline and look back with maybe a little bit of regret or thought, wow, I just did a pretty good job there. Tell us via the link in the show notes. And that's also where we're going to put a link to our consequence calculator. Think about it, printable and um, another couple great articles. So thanks for listening. The iMom podcast is hosted and produced by Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther. 